Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness Podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is August 14th, 2020. Let's jump right into it. Big news of the moment. Joe Biden has elected Senator, California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate, which, as I've stated before in past episodes, pretty much this individual that he would have picked really would be president in training. And I want to be careful when I say things like that because I don't want to jump so far ahead because there are things that have to be laid out for this to happen. I mean, first and foremost, they got to win the election. I mean, right now, Joe Biden has a good lead over Donald Trump. Of course, you know, Donald Trump is taking out all the tricks of the Republican Party to hinder this, hinder people from voting. Um, we'll talk about that a little later. But Joe Biden, pretty much, as most people know, that when he is elected, he will be the oldest elected president of the United States, 78 years old. Four years, I mean, that's 82 years old. Uh, I've always stated that the only thing that Joe Biden and Senator Harris have to do during their four-year term is really go through the world and this country as well and just not so much as repair infrastructure that Donald Trump has disrupted. Of course, yeah, we got to we got to get this virus situation contained. The unemployment due to the virus has to be resolved. They got their work cut out for them. However, it is almost similar to President Obama coming after George Bush. It was just that a world tour of promoting peace and goodwill on the behalf of the United States, going back to our allies and reassuring them that pretty much the officials have taken back control of the asylum. I believe that if Biden and Harris can accomplish this, you know, yes, they got to they got to show they got to show some improvement. They got to show that she would be deserving of the votes of the people of the United States to vote her in as president of the United States. I believe without a doubt that it can be done. I mean, they're, they are going to have, how can I, how can I explain it? There's such thing as 
a lot of work, but it's almost like it's a no-brainer type of work. It's, it's like you know what has to be done. It's not that difficult. It's, I guess it would be like almost like being a teacher that had a classroom full of honor roll students. You know that they're smart. You know that it's not a lot that you got to just emphasize with these individuals. But let's say if you got 50 of these individuals and you giving them tests and quiz and all the other things that go with a classroom setting, there's work. It's easy work, but it's, it's a lot of work. And this is the way I feel that this term is going to have to be set up. Not only that, you know, you got to, you got to do something about Congress. You got to do something, especially about the Senate, because without the Senate, again, they're just going to have four years of standstill. You know, you got to strengthen the House of Representatives in the midterms. You got to get people on the local level to vote for governors, for mayors, you know, the uh, state senators. All this stuff needs to start being reiterated to make this government, this United States, to work. All the things that Republicans have done to disrupt this country, to really break this country into the mess that we have. And don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming the Republicans. I, re I blame their philosophies. But without a doubt, this is the fault of the American citizens. Because there's no doubt in my mind, they, there are more good, conscious people in this country than the people that have cast their votes for Donald Trump, that have cast their vote for a lot of these racist city councilmen, these mayors, these governors. There are way more. Yeah, I get it. There's some states like, you know, those states along the Canadian border and whatnot. No, I mean, come on, you know. Ain't nothing you're going to do about that. And, you know, who cares? But I'm talking about the major cities, the cities, the states that have high electoral numbers. These cities need to galvanize these people to get them to understand the importance of a local election. This is what the next four years that the Biden and Harris administration have to put forth. The same energy that this country had back in 08, and yes, there was race rhetoric, there was all this hatred that was going on, expected even more. You're going to hear a lot of feminist talk. You're going to hear where they tout out women because, of course, no man would be foolish enough to sit there and make any type of statement against a woman because they'll be lambasted. Now, you got some that are just 
shitty ass men. But on average, you're going to see a lot of women. And I think they're going to tout out a number of African-Americans that do not believe in the policies of Senator Harris. Particularly, the big thing is, you know, her record as a prosecutor. Again, you know, we'll talk about that as well. Um, but in my opinion, the main thing that she has to do and um, Joe Biden have to do, they just basically, it's almost like they just got to reassure this country and they got to reassure the world that they're going to put everything right side up. Um, in regards to all of this talk about Senator Harris, I mean, oh my God, you know, she's not African-American. Her background as a prosecutor, you know, where she locked up so many black people. You know, this is some, this is some sickening shit that black people, black people are talking about. You know, first of all, I have researched and I challenge anybody, maybe I missed it. I do not recall any time, any quote where Senator Kamala Harris has stated that she's African-American. I have not seen that. Now, she has indicated that she is black, which I give her that. But, I mean, for a person to say she isn't even African-American, you know, this woman, which, you know, let's, let's, okay, first of all, let's start for starters. Her father's Jamaican. Her mother's Indian. I'm not talking about Native American Indian. I'm talking about from, I guess you could say the East Indian. From India. You know, not to mention both highly educated individuals. But I guess, you know, that might intimidate some black folks also. But the thing is, so to say that she is not black, you know, you're just, you're stupid. Plain and simple. Because I don't know why African Americans have this belief that we corner the market with this term. You know, when that term was through on us as something derogatory, we just managed to take the word like, I guess you take chitlins and you make it into a delicatessen. It's the same thing with the word. Hell, we did that with the word nigger. You know, we get mad when it's used by white folks, but we use it on ourselves. But, you know, people want to say it has different meaning. You know, I can dispute that. But either way, Kamala Harris went to Howard, you know, got a law degree, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. I mean... Shit, she's done more than so-called born and raised African-Americans in this country. You know, I mean, 
it's uh, it's just amazing the stuff that we complain about, you know. But Barack Obama, when he came on the scene, these were the same thing. People don't remember. This was the exact same things that was said about Barack Obama. He wasn't, he's not this. He's not black. He's not that. You know, in fact, I always thought when Barack Obama said things like he was African-American, I thought it was an insult to his, I guess, his, his white side. Because a lot of people fail to realize, yeah, he had an African daddy, but that African daddy didn't raise him. The story that I'm understanding was that he saw his father two times in his whole life. He didn't really start interacting with his paternal side of his family until he was an adult. He was raised by his white mother's mother and father. His mother was from Kansas. It don't get no whiter than that. You know, it's okay. You know, he married a black woman. I mean, can't get no blacker than the name Michelle. And she is, she's without a doubt, she's a black woman. You know, south side of Chicago. I mean, you know, come on down. You can't even make this stuff up. And then he does all this community work with a Harvard Law degree. And black people are still, it ain't enough. So if, you know, when I hear people get upset about Senator Harris' situation, I'm like, if they put Barack Obama through this, yeah, Senator Harris is getting ready to go through some stuff too. But what I express to people Stand on guard with your information. I'm a, I firmly believe that those individuals that indicated that they were not going to support Joe Biden due to his VP pick, those individuals weren't going to vote in the first place. They never had any intention of voting for Joe Biden. I'm talking about black people. So all that, that talk and all that trying to convince them, oh, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time doing this. Because these individuals, more than likely, they had no intention of voting. More than likely, they're not even registered to vote. More than likely, they have probably never voted. Local level, presidential level, None of that. If this is what they feel is their grievance, oh, fuck them. Leave these people alone. Focus on educating individuals that want to know facts. Focus on educating. There are black people that don't even understand how the electoral college work. We need to focus on those individuals. We need to focus on individuals that want to know the whole uh, 
the whole election process, how a school board works, how everything from ground zero all the way up to the presidency. This is what we need to focus on. These are the individuals that we need to focus on and work with. You know, to all these people that are talking about, well, what about um, when Senator Harris was a, a, a prosecutor in California and how she incarcerated a record number of black males. Okay, why can't we say that during her time as a prosecutor, a number of black males were doing dumb shit? I mean, what 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 point is, are you making? You know, I, I live in a I live in an area of Georgia. It's predominantly white, uh, highly Republican. Uh, the police in this county, they don't play. I have black friends. They're like, oh yeah, we got to get together. I'll come check you out. Let's visit. Blah blah blah. Where you live at? Oh, I live in such and such um, county, Georgia. They're like, oh, hell no. Oh, they, you know, the police out there, they this, they, they, the police out there, they, they pull you over for this and they pull you over, you know. No, they pull you over. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving any slight to police brutality. I know that shit is real. But let me say something. Yes, where I live at, the police, they don't play. But at the same time, if you feel you got to come out to where I live at with some rhetoric and some stupidity, no, you need to pick another picnic ground because where I live at, no, they don't play. Now, if you feel you can't drive from point A to point B and cross over into the county line where I live at and you got to cut up, no, don't come visit me. Don't, don't do that. Because the jails in this area, they privatize. And they making, they making a profit. So don't come here with no games. If you feel that that's what you've got to do, hey, stay away. You know, when people talk about Senator Harris and her record as a prosecutor, what was she supposed to do? Just keep cutting slack? No. As a prosecutor, when you become a prosecutor and you have ambitions to move up, especially, if, you know, seeking higher office, that's the main thing. How about saying to black males, hey, there's a prosecutor, a black female. She is no joke. She is not playing games. Get your shit together because she's going to put the hammer down on you. Why not? Why not approach it from that point of view? I mean, you don't see when a white person, because most people that are in some form of office, particularly attorneys, they are former prosecutors. And 
they get nominated or for run for a position, you don't hear people say things like, oh my gosh, your track record for locking black men up is just, it's atrocious. But because it's a black female, we just make the assumption that she's supposed to let them go. She's supposed to be soft on her prosecution? No. How about saying, don't do it? How, you know, why can't you just say that? Oh my God. Well, let's, 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 let's change the subject. The post office. I remember I gave, I gave a speech on the post office. Again, something that people do not understand about the United States Post Office. The United States Post Office is not a for-profit business. The Post Office is not like UPS or FedEx where these companies can pick and choose where they want to service individuals. A person can order an item and it can be shipped UPS and that business or UPS can say, we cannot, we cannot get that, we cannot get this out to you. However, we have a hub that you can come out to because for us to drive out to Bug Tussle, Wichita, or Route 115, Tennessee, it's not feasible for us to do this. However, the United States Post Office, it has to offer those entities to American citizens. So it has to go anywhere a resident is set up. Which means that in a lot of cases, they're going to deliver mail in places where it's going to cause them to lose money. Because it's not designed to make a profit. This is probably one of the most stupidest statements that is consistently being made and it is being made by this White House and people not understanding, people not grasping hold of what the business structure, I don't even want to call it a business, but yeah, it's a business, but it's a business for not to make, it's not to make a profit. And see, people don't, people don't understand how, how the post office work. And without a doubt, with things such as email and other technology that have come along, not to mention, you know, there, there are companies, FedEx, uh, UPS, and so forth, so forth, the post office has taken a hit. However, 
It can't just be dismantled. But that is what this current president is doing. And he's feeding this false statement. And see, this is, this is that evil mindset that I keep trying to get people to understand about this administration. They will feed you this bullshit. And people will continue to accept it. Because probably a lot of us been in a post office and we had a bad experience, long lines. You know, you see a counter with four, four slots and only two people working. You can hear people in the back working. I ain't gonna lie. I've had my issues with the post office. But at the same time, I know the structure of the post office. And I know that this structure when tampered with, it can jam up people's lives. And that is what Trump has done. He's brought in an individual, because as president, he has the right to do this. And the sole purpose of that person is to fuck up the post office. Because we as Americans have allowed for a major attribute of voting and one political party benefits from this tactic, which is mail-in ballots. And from there, he, he has found and figured out a way to disrupt this by, I mean, I've seen a picture where they are actually taking mailboxes off the streets. There's a picture in Oregon where they are literally picking up mailboxes and loading them up on trucks just to hinder people from voting. People do not allow for this to happen. You know, it's amazing how Republicans swear they are the party of God, but they cheat at everything. This is not the first. You know, pulling up mailboxes, you know, stripping authority from post office officials, sitting there, you know, restricting polling places. You know, you go to some cities and the lines are around the corner and it's like 9, 10 o'clock at night. I mean, this, this is crazy. Or when you redistrict counties and cities so it can benefit your, your party. And this is what I keep telling people. This is where local elections have great importance. Because one thing about the Republican Party, they all have the same agenda. Cheat and win. That's it. Democrats, yeah, they want to serve people, but they get hung up on what should be service first and foremost. 
you know, everybody wants to do good, but people have their different definition of what is doing good look like. It's like imagining, uh, imagine a room of ministers and you say, hey, we need to preach a sermon that's just going to motivate and enlighten the people. Can you imagine if you got 10 ministers and they are sitting there trying to debate what circle they can only pick one, you know, that ain't, that ain't even counting which one going to be the one that delivered a sermon, but what should be the topic of the sermon? And they'll debate and debate and the deadline pass and nothing gets done. The Republicans are like, which deed is the most nastiest, the dirtiest? You know, they stay right on the, the cusp of the line of the law, making sure they don't go over it. And a lot of times they have no problem with doing that as well. But their main goal is we will win, you know, the quote Malcolm X by any means necessary. Changing the subject. As I think I mentioned in previous podcasts, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. I would say I love me some Dallas Cowboys. But the owner of this Dallas Cowboys, you know, this guy, it's like, you know, when, you know, after the NFL started taking a stand after the George Floyd murder, you know, everybody kept saying, let's wait for Jerry Jones. Cause you know, back in, um, 2017, he was so vocal, you know, my guys, they're gonna, they're gonna stand. They're gonna have, they toe on the line left arm the helmet's gonna be in the left arm and the right hand will be over their heart if they don't do this they won't be a Dallas Cowboy okay here we go four almost four years later you know he's speechless in regard despite the fact that all other things still been going on now it's been determined it's not about the flag it's not about the military. It's about police brutality. And the thing is, okay, for 100 plus days, he doesn't say nothing. You know, everybody, where's Jerry Jones? Where's Jerry Jones? He finally decides, finally decides to come out and his, his quote is, we're going to have grace when we sit here and look at how we're going to handle this. And I'm thinking, what? What the hell are you talking about? In fact, in that press conference, I think he said the word grace between 10 to 12 different times. You know, grace, we're gonna do grace. Grace, I don't even know what, I know what grace means, but I'm trying to think, what, what is his definition of the word grace? I, I really wish somebody in the press conference would have said, you know, dude, what, what is your definition of grace? And then 
he goes on to say he confers with individuals. You know, I receive advice from President Trump. Really? President Trump? The person that we already know his views, that has already expressed his views in regards to players taking a knee? That's like, really? Or, you know, he said a former a former president. I'm like, okay, we know he didn't go to Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. So he had to he had to go to uh George Bush uh George W. Bush. And I can only imagine what George Bush probably told him. But it's just it's like, you know, people want to say, oh, you know, Jerry Jones, he's 70, I think 77 years old, you know, billionaire. He, he, he don't get it. He, he, you know, he's never experienced things like this. You know, his sons, his daughter, his grandchildren, they never experienced nothing like this. He hasn't, he hasn't a clue. The disappointing part is not only was the league waiting for him to say something, even the players, there were some players that expressed their disappointment that he did not come out and say something. But what, what should have been done was the players should have come up to him and said, hey, we need for you to say this. We need for you to say that because this and that is what's going on. But a hundred days of waiting and he comes out with this garbage? You know, I'm, not, I'm never going to waver being a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. I was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys way before Jerry Jones bought them. And I mean, I don't know. Jerry Jones might live another 100 years. So he might supersede me. If Jerry Jones is the owner, GM, president, coach, everything. I'm still going to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. However, I'm just not going to agree with that rhetoric that he's talking. But I mean, yeah. What can Well, that'll do it for this episode. Appreciate you taking your time to listen to me vent express my views, express my opinions. As always, would love to hear your thoughts and opinions to my thoughts and opinions. Love to hear your questions. Until next week, this has been a, another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. God bless. You all take care. Thank you.